This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Sometimes you just got to take a gamble. Especially in this real estate market when you're buying a house. You can't focus on pesky things like home inspections when you're putting in an offer, right, Jim? Uh, uh, wasting time. Go with your gut. <laughs> Starting to bite some people here. Some stories in the news this week about um, people in Ontario who have bought homes and just had nightmares because they waived home inspections. Here's a family that was moving from Brampton to the Halton Hills area. They bought their dream country home. And I'm looking at the pictures of the place. It looks gorgeous. Some nice big windows, double garage, large yacht, wooded, trees everywhere. Yacht? Hmm. Huh? Did you s- large? Oh, large lot. <laughs> large I thought you said large yacht. I'm like, the house it comes with, with a, a yacht? yacht? The Halton no, Hills large, is coming up, baby. A large lot where you could park your yacht. Okay. Because the driveway is substantial. Um, and this couple, they are really excited, so excited they didn't get a home inspection. Um, but once they moved in, they realized that the septic system didn't exist. They had no water going into their house because the well was empty. So they had no water going in and they couldn't flush anything out. And now they are looking at putting water holding tanks into the basement for $10,000. And for the septic system, it's going to cost $120,000. I almost fell to pieces knowing I'd have to get another mortgage to fix the septic tank, said the, uh, the buyer. You've got another story there, Jim, about yeah. a waived home inspection. And it costs, it's going to cost them about the same amount of money that they didn't see coming. So this is also an Ontario uh, family. They moved from, I don't know where they moved from actually, but they moved north of Peterborough, a place called Ennismore. Nice house. Uh, and it was they bought it in the winter, so they checked out the house in the winter. A lot of snow in the backyard. And then spring rolls around. Uh-oh. All the snow in the backyard starts to melt. And they realize... There is a garbage dump in the back, you know, not not just a messy backyard with some garbage, like a hill of shingles and bricks, and just, I don't know who was living there, but it sounds like almost a construction worker was living there, ran a construction company, was just dumping all the refuse into the backyard. I don't know what the explanation is, but there's so much crap in there uh, that they got quoted that it was going to cost $98,000 to remove the what? bricks. Mortar, cement, shingles, metal, household items like doorknobs. Like, this is just all, like, scrap construction stuff. Yeah. The couple had several quotes by excavation companies to remove the debris. They're saying it's going to cost cost $98,000 and must be done to protect their drinking water. So this is, they can't just live in a dump. They have to do this legally, basically. Yeah. Or they're going to be drinking doorknobs, <laughs> right? Yeah. Man, I had a friend who who waived like the home inspection. He bought a place in St. Thomas. And it's it wasn't like a huge thing, but it's just, like little things started adding up. And like at one point they realized that the house is slanted towards the center. Like they started putting furniture in there and things were like sliding towards the center of the house. <laughs> so the basement is all you, sand. You put your plate down for dinner and it slides to the <laughs> other end of the table. Thanks for passing the milk, honey. <laughs> but they had, yeah, it was a sand uh, bottom basement. So they had. Uh, it was pour, sinking. Yeah. Concrete pad down there, a little footing and, and jack it up. It, oh, <sighs> man. Keep that in mind, folks. I know you, you want that house and you want to be the one who wins, but 
Sometimes it's better to lose. Mm-hmm. Headline from globalnews.ca. Is it okay to ask about someone's COVID-19 vaccine status? Hmm. Tells the story of a uh, mother in Oakville, Ontario, was waiting in the line uh, for ice cream when she started up a conversation with uh, another person in line. They started talking about how they can't wait to be done with COVID-19 restrictions. We all feel the same way. So they were kind of chatting about that. And then Nicole said, so are you vaccinated? And then awkward silence. Hmm. The, the, The stranger did not answer the question. And she realized that maybe it's not the best thing to ask somebody. What do you think? Is it? All right, to just come out and ask someone if they've been vaccinated, what vaccine do you have? I've received the question from a number of people. I have asked the question to a number of people over the past month and a half. Has anybody been offended? I haven't gotten any backlash. You, Jim? No, not. I, I don't really see the problem. I mean, it's going to be part of conversation. It's a part of our lives. It's in the news all the time. People are going to have that conversation. I think you can ask anybody anything depending on what your reaction to it is. Like if somebody says, no, I'm not vaccinated, and then you call them a jerk, well, then maybe you're opening up a door. Well, the other argument would be that it's personal health information. You're kind of asking someone you don't know. But then you could say, well, it could affect you if, you know, you're concerned about contracting COVID and you don't want to be around non-vaccinated people. Yeah. And I, how, how do you find out that information? Yeah, I think, well, th- I, I don't like, the, they're trying to do this thing where you, you put up two fingers, you do like a peace sign that says, I've been double vaccinated. Really? Like they expect people to actually. Like a gang sign? Like a gang gang. A, yeah, a throw it up. double vaccinated Deuces, yo. gang sign. <laughs> deuce, deuce, dose, yo. Uh, it's like the swingers thing where you leave your garage half open. <laughs> yeah. Leave the garage half open. If you're doubled vaxxed, we'll be right over. <laughs> Well, that brings up a good point. If you're about to make love to somebody for the first time, is it okay to ask if they have any sexually transmitted diseases? Diseases, (laughs) just to make it a little cuter? No, you got any sexually... Because you got to stay up with the pillow talk, right? (laughs) Hey, honey, you got any sexually transmitted diseases? (laughs) Any siffies? (laughs) Any siffies or herpes? I guess that one doesn't work. Yeah, that one's normal. Yeah, it's already cute. I don't ask, but just wear a condom just in case. Just to be on the safe side. Condoms are just masks for your penis, Right? Uh huh. You just worry about yourself. If you're truly concerned, then ask the question. But I wouldn't be just using it as small talk. Like, how's the weather? When I meet strangers, there's three things I like to ask. Yeah. I say, Hi, how are you? My name's Taz. Are you double vaccinated? What is your annual salary and how much do you weigh? <laughs> You know, just get the conversation going. Yeah, get all the tough ones out of the way. Here's a good headline. This gave me a chuckle. Shark experts don't want us using the term shark attacks anymore. Hmm. They think it gives sharks a a negative... uh, Shut up. I'm serious. It gives them a bad rap. So they want you instead. Here's some suggestions. Instead of shark attack, you can call them shark interactions shut up or negative shark encounters (laughs) interaction with a shark sounds like it handed you a business card yeah 
They, they point back to um, the early 1900s. People used to call them shark accidents. The term attack didn't gain steam until the 1930s. And now sharks are perceived as man-eating monsters. But only 13 people worldwide were killed by sharks last year. So everyone just relax. But would you say they were attacked by a shark? I would. If a shark kills you, that's I would not want to call it an interaction. No, Jim, I, I had a negative shark interaction where a shark uh, borrowed my arm for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I lent him some blood to keep him going. Yeah, there you go. Negative shark interactions. We got a call here. Uh, Billy the Kid is is with us, a- and you agree with that? Yeah, I do. Okay, so I was, I never thought about it before until you guys brought it up, right? Yeah. And I was thinking about it, and I know there's a ridiculously small number. You got? I think you guys said thirteen. About I thirteen got, like, shark attacks a year around the world. Right. How many bugs you step on a day? It's not like you're attacking those bugs, right? Eh. If you mean to step on them. Yeah. If I have a fly swatter out and I'm totally attacking the flies that get into my house. That is an attack. That is an attack. But they talk <laughs> about shark attacks mostly being mistaken identity. It thinks it's just trying to eat a seal. You sure, know? sure. But you're acting like its feelings are hurt if we call it an attack. The shark doesn't know and it makes no difference. No, the shark doesn't know, but the public perception does change. And I remember uh, watching this documentary on tiger sharks, and if there was a tiger shark attack, everyone would go out and they'd go hunting tiger sharks trying to get this one. Mm. But the stats would say that by the time they got out in their boats to go hunt it, this coastal shark is already miles up the coast, and you're just killing different sharks that never did anything to anybody. <laughs> That's true. They're just minding their own business. That is true. You don't want an angry mob out there. Yeah, it's a case of mistaken shark identity. <laughs> I'm just saying, I don't think they're attacking people. I think they're a bunch of good guys and girls in the sea just doing their own thing. And we give nature such a hard time. I feel the same way about coyotes, a lot of predators. Uh-huh. But, it, but an interaction could be like a shark bumping against you. Like, it's just not specific enough. It right. doesn't, it's not a good use of language. A shark interaction is would even be seeing a shark in the water. Yeah. It, it, it's I, such a wide spectrum. But when you say shark attack, you know someone's getting bit. I, I feel the same way. There are shark, I, the terminology shark interaction and stuff like that. I'm not sure on the final place you're going to land. Yeah. But attacks? I don't think they're necessarily attacks. That implies... Well, Billy, you know, you're, I'm sure 90% of the time they're not, but what about the 10% of sharks that are just bad? You know? It's an attack, it's an attack. Yeah, the like me, what about the mean 90%. sharks who now you're basically giving permission to get away with it? Yeah, like that shark from Finding Nemo. Yeah, he oh, wasn't He wasn't a nice he shark. Tried, he tried to food. turn over a new leaf, but he's still a shark, man. Yeah, fish are friends, not food. <laughs> My son is, he's four years old. We, we let him start playing this video game, Roblox. Worst graphics ever, by the way. I don't get it. He, it's all he wants to talk about, too. Like, he's telling me stories about this game, and I have to <laughs> pretend to be interested. And if we take it away from him, he's, he's not happy. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he throws a tantrum. So, uh, getting... Some advice from you other parents out there. You got some kids? Yeah, I've got a three-and-a-half-year-old and a a two-year-old. Are you going to let them play video games? Oh, yeah, for sure. They're they're already into it. My my oldest three-and-a-half-year-old, she's uh, 
she's been holding a controller since she was about one. The uh, first time she held a controller, I uh, she she's seen me play video games, so she knew how to hold it. Yeah. So she, I handed it to her upside down. She freaked out, turned it around, was holding it, had her thumbs in the right spot. She's uh, she plays these like um, it's an Xbox game called Geometry Wars. Yeah. Where she'll she'll watch the game, and I'm watching her. Learn. Her oh, there's no question like, they know how to do it. The problem is, does she have a meltdown when you take the controller away oh, from for her? Sure, but that's with anything. You give them anything that they want, yeah, they'll have a meltdown. That's so true. It, YouTube, it, any Netflix, anything. So it comes down to the parenting at that point. It's it's learning to take it away and stick with your your decision. If if you don't want them being addicted to video games, don't let them be addicted to video games. That's, if you don't want them addicted to drugs, don't let them get addicted to drugs when they're older. Like they're Yeah, take things. their drugs away when you think they've had enough. It's simple. There's the solution. I feel like that guy just called to brag about how good his daughter is at video games. He he was describing her <laughs> holding the controller like like her her daughter pulled the Excalibur out of the stone. The proudest papa. She was able to wield the controller like a full-grown adult. First time she ever played, she got a Tetris out of the gate. <laughs> it's incredible. Jake, what do you think about the kids playing video games? How do you deal with this? Well, uh, I think you put it on a schedule. You, you, just, you show them, hey, it's not time right now. But in, in 15 minutes, and then they'll know that they, they'll maybe start asking you, what time is it? What time is it all the time? But at least they're not yeah. addicted to the game the same. I've been setting the oven timer. So, like, you have 30 minutes to play this, but, the, you know, it doesn't change the, when, the, the reaction when I tell him he's done. Yeah, scheduling typically works pretty good. Well, that's what my wife did all through my kids, and they grew up really nice. <laughs> you did it right. Good for you. I mean, it's yeah, tough, yeah. man. Like, I'm sure my wife doesn't want him playing video games, but at the same time, she's working from home. If I'm not there, how does she keep him distracted so she can get work done? So uh, this year, you're right, Jim. You mentioned that. it's It's been a tough one to, to limit the video games for the kids. Mm-hmm. The good old-fashioned coloring book. What's a coloring book? Yeah. <laughs> what, is that Xbox or PlayStation? Yeah, what console is that on? PC? <laughs> That's right. This is pretty interesting. Down in Texas, near Houston, Montgomery County, there was an investigation going on, Jim. The cops were looking into an underground crime ring. Hmm. They called themselves Dark Side. Ooh. Investigation is going on for eight months, and they finally made 80 arrests. 80 members of Darkseid have been arrested. What kind of crime would you think they were getting into, Jim? I'm going to say human trafficking. Hmm. Drugs, maybe. Yeah, First yeah. thing that pops into mind. How far down the list is counterfeit coupons? <laughs> <laughs> Below the top 50. You know, like, uh, hey, uh, half-price toothpaste. Sure. And- diapers, cleaning wipes, soap, that kind of stuff. They were making counterfeit coupons. But listen how crazy this is. They uh, did it on such a large scale across the United States that in one case, there was a person who purchased more than $200,000 worth of items from different stores with these coupons. 
So like $550 a day. What? This person already sounds well off. In items. Yeah. Well, what they would do is they'd buy this stuff and they didn't say whether or not it would make stuff free or if it was like 70% off, buy one, get one free, what the coupons exactly would entitle them to. Yeah. But they looked so realistic that when when they try to scan them at the store, it wouldn't scan, but then the people would just say, hey, well, you, I have the coupon, you know, you better honor it. And sure. these stores like Walmart, Walgreens were just honoring the coupons anyways. Well, I, half the grocery stores you go to, it's like a teenager running the till. What do yeah. they know? You know, they'd be confused. And then they would take the items they bought and sell them online. <laughs> Oh, there. Okay. And they'd make the money back selling the stuff online or selling it at flea markets. So they're using these fake coupons. They just get their inventory at at a fraction of the price. Very elaborate. I was thinking it was going to be more like Pepsi points or something, or maybe like the McDonald's stickers for the Monopoly. Oh, yeah, that's a great story. Like those kind of simple ways to to get money. Uncle Jerry, the guy who scammed uh, the Monopoly game out of millions of dollars. With all his buddies? Yeah. Have you seen that documentary? Oh, it's excellent. I've never watched it. We had the guy who wrote the article uh, that it's based on on our show, remember? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's... It's, it's pretty crazy. But yeah, you know, I guess wherever there's an opportunity, there's someone who's going to try and take advantage of it. And yeah. Honestly, coupons, I, I, never, coupons. I never thought my mom could turn to a life of crime, but maybe like I could see her getting in on this one. Hey, Karen, on the dark web and downloading coupons. Yeah. <laughs> she's, she's the head. It's in the mafia, they call, them, they call them Dons, but when it's a coupon crime ring, the, the person at the top is the Karen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good enough that you can't refuse. We, we, we got to get some of the smaller fish and work our way up to the Karen of the operation. <laughs> Sometimes you just need that song to help you mourn a breakup too. Like there's certain songs you hear and you're like, oh, that song reminds me when I got dumped or <laughs> yeah. when I when I broke up with so and so. Yeah, like, I can remember. I had a buddy of mine who was going through a divorce, <laughs> and he was living in my basement. And I'm not kidding. He would crank this song all the time. I'd hear it out of the basement, and I'd feel super uncomfortable. I didn't know if I should go down and talk to him or if I should just leave him alone. <laughs> no way! He was, this was like a sitcom if you were listening to that. I'm not kidding. This song just blaring from the basement. And I didn't know if it was a cry for help or if he just needed. <laughs> Seriously, it was between that one and then sometimes I would hear this coming out of the basement, and I'm not joking. A mixtape of the saddest songs <laughs> the in the world. The most depressing songs of all time. I love me some Hall and Oates, but you know, I, I felt bad for the poor guy. Yeah. Did you hear? Uh, did you hear this one coming from the basement? <laughs> Classic breakup song. You know, it's funny. Like, these are all great slow dance songs. Like, if you're out of dance, you get up and ask your girl to dance. But if you listen to them, it's like, 
The relationship probably isn't going to last. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's how you win them back, you know? Love hurts. It sure does. Without the lows, there'd be no highs, though. Mm -hmm. Guys, you got to remember that. Hey, it's Taz and Jim. What's your breakup song? I'm thinking uh, Love Stinks is a good song when a chick breaks up with you. (laughs) Love Stinks. Yeah, that's, see, that's at least you're moving on. You're getting over it, right? You're not wallowing exactly. in the in the sorrow. Exactly. I'm done. See ya. Hey, it's Taz and Jim. Good morning. Yo. Those my favorite DJs. Terry, we're awesome. What's your uh, breakup oh, song? My bre- best breakup song would be Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap. Yeah, Uh, that's when you get uh, thrown in jail for the rest of your life for trying to hire a hitman. Well, yeah. We are getting a lot of suggestions here, text messages, very angry breakup songs. (laughs) Good Riddance by Green Day. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, Puddle of Mud, She Hates Me. Mm -hmm. That would be a good one as well. Love Stinks is is a great song for a breakup. I mean, especially this version. Love stinks. I actually, I love the first part of this this song in this movie too, where he's so sarcastic. Cindy and Scott are newlyweds. That's an iconic line. Whoopity do. Thank you very much for checking out the Taz and Jim podcast. If you want to listen to us the old-fashioned way, live on the radio, you can do that on FM 96 in London or Y108 in Hamilton weekday mornings from 5.30 until 9.30. Or subscribe, keep downloading the podcast, and we'll keep talking. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.